and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt, Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Why are you, God, oh God. <laughs> Got a lot of energy, and I'm just going to jump you jump in immediately. your line of cocaine before this? Oh, it's good. Good stuff. Oh. I'm really feeling it. It's really wonderful drug. I think everyone should experience it. I love the drug. I love the drug. I love the drug. I love the drug. <laughs> the drug makes me feel the things that cocaine makes you feel, and it is good, and I like it, right? You like cocaine, right? Is that a thing? Do you like the feeling of cocaine, or is it like you get attached to it? I don't know how cocaine works. I do. Boy, <laughs> it works great. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. Matt, what do people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend in cocaine. Tell a friend in cocaine and cocaine. Oh, and you said what should people oh, do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend, comma, and, and cocaine. Good Oxford comma. Don't do drugs, kids. What you been up to? Punctuation, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Mostly reading stuff. We've been iced in for the past few days. Um. So my lovely wife has been working from home and hogging all the bandwidth. So I haven't really been able to watch anything. <laughs> Um, what does she do that takes up a bunch of bandwidth? Uh, she, well, she has Teams and Skype open oh, perpetually yeah. so she yeah. can communicate with coworkers. And then a lot of the stuff involves uh, downloading and uploading things yeah. from company servers. So, um, yeah. Uh, so I've been mostly reading stuff. Um, I, I'm currently in the middle of... This is not the sort of book I'd ordinarily talk about on the podcast, but I'm really enjoying it and it's going to be relevant eventually. Uh, Beyond the Hundredth Meridian, which is a biography of a guy named John Wesley Powell. Do you remember him from AP US History? Probably heard the name. Didn't take AP US History. Okay. Barely paid attention to US History. I took AP US History. I don't remember the I name. I think I ever took US History now that I think about it. No. That was a failure of our education system right there. Uh, it's a failure of the not nationalized standard of mm. education mm-hmm. point is uh he was uh he's best known as a uh, geologist geographer and explorer who um did some of the uh the first mapping and scientific surveying of the colorado river area oh. including the grand canyon okay um and definitely never knew that yeah uh interesting dude uh he had an arm blown off in the civil war and he's just like rafting down the colorado river and climbing around on cliffs nice. um, he tells a story in his journal of getting stuck on a cliff and he like couldn't he didn't have his second arm so he couldn't reach yeah. and he couldn't like there was nowhere for him to grab onto within arm's reach and so his buddy who was on a ledge above him took off his pants and held his pants down and he pulled him up by the pants oh so that's fun. There you go. Good <laughs> um, friends take their pants off for you. No, don't. I to clink my belt so the <laughs> picks up on like the microphone. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm about a third of the way through. It's really interesting. It's written by Wallace Stegner, who's probably one of my favorite writers, uh, mostly for his fiction. Um, but he's uh, one of the i think best guys in the second half of the 20th century in american literature to write about the west the capital w west as a a concept and a um a experience and a mythology in some sense and so i was thinking about ramping up towards our um i'm going to talk about some westerns Mm -hmm. at some point we're gonna we're gonna hear about that this is part of the laying the background of that getting me in that that mindset and thinking about those sorts of things um and he's got some very interesting things to say about the the west and sort of the 
uh, contemporary mytholo- mythology mythologization of the West good, uh, good work. as it was actually opening um, versus the modern mythologization of the sort of idea of the old West. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some useful things to say about that. Um, and I'm, I'm learning a lot and he's just a great writer. He, I mean, the names and dates stuff is never going to be interesting, but like the way he lays out the story of their first journey down the river, right. gripping, just like gripping reading. Yeah. And he, he's a really fun writer. He'll do like little, little fun asides. He gets really upset at certain people in history. He's like, this guy is an idiot and a fraud. And I'm going to call out his idiocy and fraud at every opportunity. Wow. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. Nice. Um, as far as stuff that's a little more related to the particular sort of pop culture content things, um, I'm still trying to get through a bunch of Batman. I've been making less progress than I had wanted to, but I'll read a bunch this week. Mm-hmm. Really get me into that Batman mindset. Um, but I did read Batman Ego again, nice. which is apparently a very relevant one. This is supposed to be one of the key bases bases from the comics mm-hmm. for the upcoming Batman movie directed by Matt Reeves, which at the time of this episode release we, we will have seen we saw it three days ago boy let me tell you what a letdown don't say that <laughs> don't yeah knock on that wood you son of a bitch <laughs> i don't know i'm expecting it to be good every yeah. single indication i have had for it so far has led me to believe that it will be a good and enjoyable movie yeah. it is rare that i've had that kind of experience and been let down yeah. before um yeah, so uh, Batman Ego is, it's probably a lesser known story, um, at least until this movie was announced and Matt Reeves talked about the using it as inspiration. Um, it's by a guy named Darwin Cook. Uh, that's Darwin with a Y, in mm-hmm. case you're interested. Um, Cook with an E also, I think. Yeah, didn't know how to spell. Right. Yeah, Batman was like B-A-T-T-M-E-N. Batman. Which, there's kind of a joke in there, Batman. Because Batman Ego is about, uh, so basically there's a a particular sort of crime incident that Batman resolves, but it goes badly in a certain way. Um, and so the second half of the story, really second two thirds of the story, is uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne sitting down and having a heart to heart. Yeah. Uh, just confronting what the other stands for and trying to decide how to coexist mm-hmm. in the same body yeah. how these separate personas and they eventually are able to negotiate an interesting truce and it says a lot about batman as a character it is very in your face like not even metaphors it's just like let's lay out yeah. this batman fellow and see what he's all about but it's effective um the art helps because the the characterization of the batman part of his psyche is really horrifying yep um weird teeth weird teeth like more teeth than you'd expect (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah no it's it it's just it's really good um it's it's interesting and i think it's a a good it's not a good starting point for someone who's starting out reading batman but if you've read like year one and long halloween and like dark knight returns and some of the classics this is a good one to kind of fill in and get a better sense of here's what this batman guy is really all about and really kind of nailing down that character filling in some of those gaps um so yeah good stuff um i read some of the little like 
I did not read the uh, Selena Kyle's big store, big score story that's also in there. I remember liking that one quite a bit, but I don't think it's going to be as relevant. Right. So I skipped over it and I read just some of the other mm-hmm. little ones. Um, there's not a lot, not a lot to those, yeah. but yeah, ego, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I did that and I read Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. <gasps> <sighs> what do you think? You've read it before. I had read it before, but it's probably been a decade mm-hmm. since the last time I actually read it. Um, and, and I appreciated it then. I really liked it this time. Yeah. It's really good. It's How hard was your heart pounding during like the last chapter when it was like the footsteps were happening and he mm-hmm. was like, he knew, I think he knew who it was at that point. Uh, I think he had a suspicion. I don't think he's actually oh, nailed it, it right, down. Oh, it was right, because it was when the voice right. started speaking and he's like, I know who that his voice yeah. is. Yeah. Yep. And like, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but uh the way Lakari, like, he is like, I recognize that voice, and then that's like the last line on a page, and you have to turn the page to the reveal. Like he lined that up. I don't know if he did that on purpose, but like I it was great. don't think he has any control over that. Oh, okay. But because that happens and I loved it. It works out really nicely. Yep. Yeah. No, it's just I mean, you've talked about it a lot, and I've kind of counterpointed on it, but I'll just I'll kind of give my my thoughts on it generally so in case you're not familiar and haven't heard preston talk about it like 60 million times because it's basically his favorite thing in the universe (laughs) take a jailer soldier spy is a espionage spy novel um written movie and movie um people who don't like books don't just check out yeah um it's also a bbc miniseries which is apparently really good and i think we should watch at some point oh yeah um but it's uh it's Cold War. Uh, it's written. It's written by John Le Carre, who you might recognize from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Uh, spy, uh, spy who came in from the spy cold. who came in from the cold. Spy. Perfect uh, spy. Uh, honorable schoolboy and Smiley's people are the two that are that mm-hmm. those with Tinker Tailor the trilogy. Yep, bunch uh, of stuff. He, He's got like sixty books in his bibliography. Yep. Uh, Most Wanted Man was made into a movie a few years ago with yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, Rebecca Hall maybe night manager was made into night a, manager was made into wait, a that was amazon season. prime oh no oh shit they did something right oh no well they also the first season of that jack ryan show was quite good yes so they're good at like sort of the grounded action spies kind of thing apparently that's just the, <gasps> they're good at james oh, bond no. yes <laughs> i'm back on everything we said last week was wrong <laughs> i'm back on board <laughs> okay um yeah no he's he's basically the spy guy yeah spy genre man he Um, is he is so much the spy guy that there are terms and like uh i guess industry like industry terms Mm -hmm. that they use in intelligence now Mm -hmm. that he coined in his books yep so like someone being a mole where they're Mm -hmm. like a really Mm deep-seated uh double agent in the introduction he tries to give away credit for that but he's the one that popularized he's the the one that popularized it and it's yeah that's just that's now something him yeah it's like the there's so many biblical phrases and shakespearean phrases that are just part of everyday dialogue that you don't even think about yeah um and lakara did that for espionage yep so many little things that are just like taken for granted that was him. Yeah. Um, basically the story picks up after the fallout of a botched mission um, where the previous head of British intelligence has been forced out. His right hand man, George Smiley, our main character has been forced out. 
um and the the new blood has come in and has taken over the circus as they call it in british intelligence um and is running their own operations um and thanks to a complicated series of shenanigans smiley comes to suspect that there is a mole among these new higher-ups in british intelligence series of shenanigans it was a dude telling him a story over the course of seventeen thousand chapters that at the end finally got to the point and was like hey there's a mole in the circus and smiley's like got it <laughs> oh but it's such an enjoyable story ricky tar is such a fun character and let me let character. me say tom hardy was just spot on yep. casting just like i could not not read that yeah and tom hardy yeah the rest of them i could kind of fill in like even smiley i could fill in different actors when i was reading it smiley i did i worked so hard while reading tinker taylor to Mm -hmm. detach gary oldman because gary oldman is not what smiley is described in as the described as in the book right honestly i feel like it's more like uh a fatter toby jones yeah in my head yeah and so like that's kind of how i like I forced myself in that book so that the next two books I was reading mm-hmm. accurately what he was supposed to be. Because there's so right. many things that, like, he does or, the like, the way Lacare like, writes that if you're envisioning Gary Oldman, it just doesn't work. Like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. It's like, oh, he's he gets stuck or he's, like, out of breath and you're like... It's Gary Oldman. He's Gary always Oldman's cool, totally calm, and collected. Shape. Yeah, there's a there's a really really fantastic just little snippet um, after his conversation with Ricky Tar, um, where he comes to believe that there's a mole right at the top of the circus, yeah. um, where uh, it's just like one paragraph of a little girl watching him get into a car, and it's raining, and he's kind of a bedraggled, beaten down old man, and guy holds the car door open for him, and he does an awkward little hop skip yeah. to kind of get in get in quickly, so he's not standing out in the rain, and it's it's just such effective writing yeah like lakara gets a lot of credit as just a master plotter and it's mm-hmm. this this is just a the book itself is a, a fantastic web of yeah. secrets and relationships and double crosses and he does such a fantastic job of basically you get at the very very early in his books you get this really thin line like if you look at it like a timeline mm-hmm. very thin line of the story yep. of like what is going on and like the 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 right end of the timeline is like a millimeter away from the conclusion mm-hmm. but to get there he then has to go through and you can see the line being like bolstered t- bit mm-hmm. by bit cuz he then has to go through basically the entire story and check and like talk to everyone who was involved in the story and like ask them questions yep. and then that'll lead him to the next lead and that next lead, next lead. Yep. and so like you know that where he's trying to get mm-hmm. but he starts at the beginning of the investigation and does yeah. the, and um not in all his books it does that in tinker taylor and it does that in smiley's people but mm-hmm. it doesn't really it's a little bit different of a formula format in honorable schoolboy okay um because that's them just trying to figure out like they don't like they're start they don't give you the line. It starts mm-hmm. at the beginning, they're like, something's there. <laughs> Try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So masterfully plotted. Um really engaging throughout, though it's definitely not like a shoot 'em up yeah. spy story. There's several chapters in a row that's basically just Smiley sitting in a hotel room reading reports. Yeah. And it's gripping. It's really good it stuff. Like, it's not, it's, it's weird. It's not, I wouldn't call it a page turner. No. But when you get like, when one substantial revelation happens and you mm-hmm. like, kind of like pull yourself out of the book a little bit, suddenly you're 38 pages past and you're like, what the, 
what <laughs> i think i read the entire thing pretty much in about two sittings Good with a Lord. couple of like individual chapters that i'd read before bed right. in there but like i read probably the first hundred pages just in one sitting i was like ah it's, it's in my my stack of books that i'm gonna read over the coming months let me start it and i read about a hundred pages and i was like well there goes that morning yep um <laughs> and then i read the couple little one-off chapters and then uh there was a night that uh hannah was getting home late from work because busy season um, and I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll read a little bit. There's nothing I particularly want to watch right now. I'm very tired. I don't want to work on anything. I'll just read for a while and then boop, finish the whole book. Yep. It's just, it, it's amazing how it, how it gets you like that. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was leading all this to say that he's like, a, he's a masterful plotter, but he's also just a really good writer. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think he gets enough credit for like just his ability to construct little engaging scenes like the little girl watching him get into the car or um just he's got a very funny style just the way he he lampoons people as they turn up little side characters and he's like this guy was a great big idiot who loved drinking but smiley tolerated him because he needed xyz information from him or something yeah (laughs) just sort of that dry british sensibility it really reads really british and it's it's very delightful. Um, Did you come across all the places where commas should be and they were not? I didn't notice any in particular. Okay. And I did think of your comment to that effect. I still notice those in, in, okay. when I'm reading the other ones. I'm like, yeah. there should have been a comma there. I'll have, to, I'll have to pay more attention when I read the next two. Yeah. Do you have them? I don't. I can give them to you. You ought to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tinker Taylor. Heartily recommend. Yep. Um, if you're the sort of person that enjoys reading books, read it. If you're yep. the sort of person that doesn't enjoy reading books, read it. Yeah. You know, I would say if you're a person who enjoys reading books and things you enjoy about it include being immersed in mm-hmm. the like the story and not mm-hmm. necessarily like being like whipped through a really fast paced like action adventure. Right. Because it's not an action adventure. Yeah, I will say it like, is a bunch of people talking. Yeah. Uh, it's it's intensely readable but it's a little bit information dense you kind of need to go bit by bit and pay attention it's not like a stephen king where you can just rush through the whole thing and yeah. get get everything you need it's something where you have to sit and actually read and engage every sentence there so you are, will feel yourself deliberately slowing your pace yeah there are, have been a couple places where like people use have different work names and have different mm-hmm. like monikers and stuff like that and there would be like one line that explains that this person is this person and then yep. if you don't catch that yeah. And like you're reading the rest of the book and you're like, these are two different people. Why? Yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Got to get it all put back together. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have to rewatch the movie now at some point. Yeah. Be surprised how much is gone. Like, uh, yeah, it's a lot is gone, but like you'd be surprised how much is gone. Mm-hmm. There's just so much of like character and yeah, like depth to the story that no longer exists. Yep. Which makes sense. It's a movie still a great movie yeah oh totally but just doing its own thing yep all right i think that's all i got what you been up to oh i finally finished witcher 3 which is i'm sad honestly it was really good um so I, i finished the main game a while ago and i had mentioned i think last time that like i started playing the blood and wine expansion mm-hmm. which i was like wow this is really good and then looked up like i for some reason looked up like the best expansions ever mm-hmm. and it was like this is like in consistently in the top 10 mm-hmm. video game expansions ever made mm-hmm. and so like i really i slowed myself down stepped away from red dead to like finish it 
And nice. It is just it's so compelling and you can make mistakes. So it's like it's a role playing game mm-hmm. where you make decisions throughout the game and those decisions affect things that happen at right. the end. And I missed one thing. I was looking, I was like, hey, like, what are the different endings of this thing? And it was like, the only way to get the happy ending is you have to have done this one thing. And I was like, and what happened is I did the one thing. Uh-huh. So it was like, you find a journal mm-hmm. of a person that you're like, that is guilty of doing something and blah, blah, blah. And you want to, sure. if you want to plead mercy, you have to have read all the entries in the journal. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And then when you do it, th- and then like, I did that. And then... The next thing you do is it gets it sends you into like a fantasy world where mm-hmm. you um like then do a l- bunch of little tiny little story quests with like uh classic fairy tales like the three pigs gold or uh, oh. goldilocks uh what Rapunzel, fun? stuff like that um but i read them all and then i went into the world but then the moment i like initiated going into the world the game crashed uh and it start and like my the previous save was like a little bit back and i just like i rushed through everything and then i did the one entry that needed to be read to go in and and i was like you son of a bitch i did it and then didn't know i had to do it and so i found the uh um the key command that you can type into the computer game to say that you did it like you forced the code uh so i got the happy ending but like like this one i felt justified i think because i did it yep (laughs) Um, the High Council of Video Game Shenaniganry approves this uh, this message. Thank you. I uh, definitely did not earn the one that I... I it's the second time I've changed a game code mm-hmm. because uh, there's Yennefer and there's Triss that are two people you can romance in the game. Mm-hmm. And you don't meet Yennefer for a while. You meet Triss first and you do the whole thing you need to do to romance her first. And mm-hmm. then you meet Yennefer. Okay. Notoriously, Geralt and Yennefer are together. Like, that's right. the, the thing. And I felt really bad, and I found out that, like, if you do it with one, you can't do it with the other. But if you do it with the other, then they'll both hate you at the end. Uh, and I wanted a happy ending with Yennefer. Uh-huh. And so I went into the game and was like, uh, get fact, uh, Triss, Triss romance false and Triss girlfriend false. Uh, and, like, overrode those so that I could beat it with Yennefer. You dirty cheater. That one I, uh... In- multiple layers yeah. <laughs> that one i didn't deserve but it's yeah. fine if i had known that because the other ones like there are a bunch of other people like npcs mm-hmm. you can romance that aren't prostitutes they're like characters right. you can romance and if you do those like they don't affect it it's just those two that affect each other mm-hmm. but um blood and wine solid game a solid expansion it's cool uh it's really emotional because it like it you introduce a character, like a, an enemy, and then you go and you fight the enemy. And then suddenly a friend of yours, who is only really a friend of your from the book, mm-hmm. uh, like shows up and like gives you like an explanation of it. And it's like, oh, suddenly like this guy's not just the outright bad guy. There are more bad guys and you're investigating. You're trying mm-hmm. to find the bad guy. And then like things. And it's just like twists and turns of like every single character and their like their morals. Um, it does a really good job. So basically what, like, what happens in the base game is you have this huge ensemble of NBCs. Most of them are just straightforward. This you, your first impression is the actual is the truth. Mm-hmm. But with this one, there's such a small group of NPCs, and none of them, very few of them, are exactly what you expected right at the end. Because uh-huh. like so much gets revealed, and it's just like really compelling. And all of the side stories are interesting. Mm-hmm. And so, and and that's the way that Witcher Three is in general. All of mm-hmm. the side stories are interesting if you like actually 
experience them instead of just like speeding through all the dialogue and then just doing the thing and then going back and getting a reward. Um, so like I spent many days just doing all the side quests cool. and then did the main story and it's just, it was so much, it's just so much fun. It was really satisfying at the end. Um, and I can continue to play it because there's like a couple quests that I didn't finish. Okay. But I then downloaded Cyberpunk 2077. Oh. You know about that? I know that story a little bit. Uh, do you know who made it? Same uh, people that made Witcher. Okay. Keep it short. Uh, it's their... There, I can see the through lines or like the things that are similar, like the way that the dialogue works. Like mm-hmm. someone says something to you and then dialogue options pop up. And like the mm-hmm. top top one is like bold and a different color. And that's the one that like progresses the conversation. But the button next several are uh, investigatory. So it's just like mm-hmm. learning a little bit more information and stuff. And I love their world at, in Witcher. So like I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take uh, Cyberpunk really slowly. Okay. The story is interesting so far. I'm okay. still kind of like in tutorial area where I'm like learning how everything works. Sure. Have you heard about all the glitches and everything? Yeah. It's playable. It's still obnoxious when like I I'm bet. in a building and I can see the textures of all of the bushes and trees from outside like on the wall because like they're rendered but they're not like whatever uh, property renders them behind <laughs> the wall didn't happen and so they're rendered <laughs> on the wall and it's like it's really weird and distracting and so i had like yeah. close out and log back in like a couple times um there was a uh small cutscene where half of it um so in animation 3d animation video games there are two things that make a person like an, a, an entity do a thing there's the model which default position is the t-pose mm-hmm. uh and then there's the animation of their motion so mm-hmm. like walking and the animations didn't register or didn't <laughs> render in. So it's just like them all posing and like floating around for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, That's delightful. The story seems like it's, it, it's good. I've heard that apparently it gets pretty repetitive mm-hmm. later on. But also pretty much every game gets kind of repetitive if you like, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And um, stealth is really hard, which mm-hmm. is good because I like stealth that's difficult. Uh, it's... Uh, the problem with, like, a new thing like this, like, a... um, a It's set in, like, 2053. Mm-hmm. And that the internet went down, was, like, taken down by some hacker terrorist, like, mm-hmm. completely destroyed it in, like, 2024. Like, uh... It's it's a world like a Blade Runner huge techno future sure. kind of put, like dystopian future techno but like it's in the near future so it's definitely not our world. Mm-hmm. Um the problem with games like that is that it takes so much time to just understand what the world is like. Mm-hmm. Uh because fantasy world you can do with Witcher. You play Witcher but it's we all have a general understanding of what medieval and fantasy stuff is like you have swords and people with armor and like ancient weapons and there are usually like lords and kings and dukes and duchesses Mm -hmm. and uh there's some element of magic that doesn't really matter how it works it's just some magic um and so all those fantasy games are usually pretty easy to like get the hang of thanks tolkien exactly yes 
Um, but with stuff like this, so games like this, uh, Deus Ex Mo- or Deus Ex mm-hmm. is kind of is like that. It's like you have to learn a lot about like the future things, like. Oh, yeah. this is how corporations have developed. This is how technology is developed. These are like the different things. And it takes a little bit to get into the story. Mm-hmm. And so it has that working against it along with sudden random 32nd bit of everyone T-posing floating around. <laughs> and I don't, I, so that that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm really not far into it. Mm-hmm. I basically just broke tutorial Island. Like I can start going around and doing things. Um, so we'll see, I'll see how things play out and like, um, I'll be depending on the story to really sell me. Cause that's something that I really like about CD project red right. and that this has been, uh, a game that's notorious for glitches and breaking things. Right. Um, I started that because my, the next thing I want to do is finish red dead, mm-hmm. but Kalen was in the living room and I couldn't get the TV. Uh, so I just started that. But uh, I did play a few more missions of Red Dead, and it's been a while, but immediately hooked me back in. Good. That's how good, like, the, the storytelling and everything is. It's just, like, it's just, I I love the character and everything. Yeah. And Man, I might have to actually play it if I'm going to talk about westerns. That's true. Yeah. That is a really good point. Yeah. You're going to get Red Dead somehow. Can I do it on PC? Yes. There we go. Do you have a PC that can run strong games? I don't know. I'll take a look at your PC and see what your specs are like. You might not be able to, but I might also be able to. Uh, we can figure something out. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Um, Such a solid game. Because um, the other thing is like, so Red Dead, I've talked about this before. Red Dead mm-hmm. is a really slow game. Right. And i'm actually really glad i played it one because it's a fantastic game and i had so much fun playing it and mm-hmm. I, I love it uh but two because it kind of slowed me down with mm-hmm. open world games because i have a tendency to just like do the spamming through the dialogue and then go right. do the thing and then go back and get my reward right uh play the game instead of experience the right game. exactly and so it slowed me down and when i was playing witcher 3 i slowed down and experienced the game and it made me appreciate it so much more and so right now, Kalen's brother is at our house right now, uh, and I was like, hey, like, you want to play a video game? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, what do you, we have all these games. I've got the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, mm-hmm. which is all three of them. And he's like, yeah, I've been interested in playing that. So I gave him the control, and he started playing it. And I realized that I I, I, I played that that way. Before. Like, every time I play Mass Effect, I play mm-hmm. spam through the dialogue, and I don't do all of the, like, other dialogue options that learn about the characters and everything mm-hmm. and he was doing a couple of that i'm like i didn't know anything about these people like i didn't know that this was the way this person was because yeah. i never cared like i just wanted to go get the rewards and so i'm really excited to go back and play uh play mass effect again because also like he was playing i was like wow none of this looks familiar i think my sabbatical has been long enough for mass effect so nice. once i finish red dead and then finish cyberpunk i think i'm gonna go back to mass effect again cool do another mass effect playthrough Yay! Maybe I'll do a renegade, which is like the rough, rough and tumble bad guy <laughs> one. I've always do paragon because I'm terrified of people of NPCs' opinions of me right. as a person, which is really unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, it's bad enough in real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I might do a renegade run, which is cool. which is rare for me to be a, a jerk face. That's another thing about Witcher that I really appreciate. And if anyone ever goes and plays The Witcher, uh, role play 
Like, it's a role-playing game. You make decisions and do stuff. Right. Choose the person you're going to be because consistency will give you a much more interesting story. Mm-hmm. So I played Witcher as someone who I didn't hunt creatures. I hunted monsters. Mm-hmm. And so when you go and do some contracts where it's like, hey, I want to kill this person. It's always an option to kill this person. Mm-hmm. But if you like talk to them and you learn like, oh, there's kind of a reason and like there might be a way to like, s- like spare them. I always do that if I like a monster, if they're not a monster. Right. Like, because uh, there are werewolves and people that are traditionally just straight up evil and will kill everybody, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be and they don't do it of their own free will or like uh, it was an accident and they never have before. Mm-hmm. And I had played it that way. And then it came to a uh, a quest where it was like three different creatures who are notoriously like monsters that I would kill. And they were like, we, one of them was like, we should kill him. And then another one's like, I, I don't know. He spared one of my friends. And then the guy was like, like, is he really like a compassionate witcher? And then it comes up with dialogue options of every single time that I have spared uh. a creature. And, like, you need to do three of them. And I had, like, five of them. Nice. And, like, if I had only done two of them, then they would have attacked me and I would have, like, had mm-hmm. to kill them. And so it's, like, you got to be consistent. And, I like, like if, I was just an, if I was just a killer, like, I kill all monsters, then that's totally a valid one, too. Because then you go and kill things and you're on the side of the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the mentality of Geralt being, like, monster doesn't mean what your biology is mm-hmm. uh and he he always refers to like humans because he's human but he always refers to humans as they and you and mm-hmm. there was one uh interaction with an npc where they're like you always say you humans have you like you know you're human right and he's like i like to forget that i am Makes because sense. humans are no less monsters than whatever creatures i kill right and like i love that mentality of like that humans aren't better than dopplers who can change who they are or like uh like uh werewolves or i'm drawing a blank on literally every single monster that exists succubuses like Mm -hmm. they're all living sentient creatures yeah just humans win and there are more of them yeah and so i love that mentality of Geralt, and uh, i don't really know if he has that mentality or if it's been established in the show yet i don't think it has you haven't seen the second season, have you? Not yet. You gotta watch it. I should. Good job. Uh, other thing I've done is Kaylin and I, we just finished It Takes Two. I don't know what that means. That is a co-op split screen game, puzzle solving game. Uh, it is about... So basically, uh, your two parents, uh, Cody and May, mm-hmm. are getting divorced. And their young daughter, who's like eight. And it's kind of weird. Her body like her character model looks like she's maybe 12 but she has like the mannerisms and the development of like a six-year-old hmm. so it's kind of weird uh i think it just may have been they didn't line that up very well yeah um uh, but she's like she has these two little dolls of them like her dad's like is made of clay with some things to make it look like him and her mm-hmm. mom's made of yarn and she's like i want my parents to be friends again and so she has this she found this book that's uh the book of love by Dr. Hakeem. And she's like reading it. And she's like, I, I wish my parents could be friends again or whatever. And she mm-hmm. cries and her tears land on the dolls. And then their souls basically get sucked into the dolls. And uh, so you are now these two dolls that 
and the book comes to life and it's talking to him. It's like, hey, I'm Dr. Hakeem. And he's like, just a really <laughs> weird guy. And he's like, in order for you to go back to your bodies, you have to, like, prove your love or whatever. And they're like, no, we're getting divorced. And it's this really, like, emotional story all the way through of, okay. like, them kind of discovering why they were married in the first place and what, mm-hmm. like, what has fallen apart in the relationship. And, like, it's, it's really good. It was a video okay. game that I got Kalen. I convinced Kalen to play because it's simple enough. It's two of us playing together and it's because we were playing Rayman Legends, which is mm-hmm. a platformer thing, but it was just me running all the way ahead, her dying in the background and then respawning next to me and me just doing the whole thing. Right. And I don't want to do that. So this one, like we both needed to be engaged and like mm-hmm. she was getting a little bit more familiar with it. Um, but it is a solid game. The puzzles are really interesting. Combat's a little obnoxious. I hate when they do the, like there's a couple bits that are like really combat heavy, but, um, emotional, solid, uh, maybe 20 hours of total play okay um it's a lot of fun cool she liked it she didn't like the combat bits but she really liked there was like a couple of the chapters that are just really puzzle heavy and she really enjoyed those so nice. i might do something like a uh, portal next kind of get the puzzle bits in there story yeah. story based puzzle related yeah i like it good so good stuff that's a good one if you ever got a if you got your partner, your significant other you want to play a video game with, that's a good one to do because mm-hmm. it's about relationships. And Sounds like it was made for just that very thing. Yeah. I like it. I think that's pretty much it. All right. Shall we? We shall. Get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and wherever other fine podcasts are sold, except SoundCloud, not SoundCloud. Not SoundCloud. Sorry, I'm responding to my business partner. Not SoundCloud. Um... Let's see. Uh, look forward to, let's see, next week's news probably won't have anything too much exciting, but the week after that's what you've been up to follow. We'll have our Batman review. Batman! Boy, are we hyped. Um, I mean, by the time you're hearing this, we will have already... Keep going. By the, t- <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, we will have seen the movie and we will know how good it is. We're hoping it's going to be really good. We're excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, so we got, we got that to look forward to. Um, let's see something about social media. We have social media sort of we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at just us losers pod. We're on Instagram that same at just us losers pod. We don't do very much right there. Uh, current present moment, but we'll, uh, we'll start ramping back up the things as we start ramping back up the things. Um, look forward to, I'm going to talk about some Westerns at some point. I have some ideas for some directions I can take on that. Um, some interesting conversations that can be had. So I don't know, start watching all of the Westerns right now. So you can know all the things that I talk about. That'll be good. It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, we have Gmail, just us losers pod at gmail.com where you can send us uh, Batman reviews. If you have Batman reviews and we'll read them live on the air and we will insert Oxford commas wherever appropriate and remove them wherever you have them already, just because we want to sow chaos and we're really troublemakers deep down inside. Um, I think that's everything I'm supposed to have said at this point. So unless there's any further contributions from my delightful, wait, you can't be delightful. You're my adjective list co-host. Yeah. Uh, then thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.